following podcast is brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. Welcome to Confessing the Faith, a theological and devotional walk through the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith. I'm your host, Sam Waldron, one of the pastors of Grace Reformed Baptist Church in Owensboro, Kentucky, and president of Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. Today we'll be considering the subject of God and the Holy Trinity, and especially the Holy Trinity, which is the subject of paragraph 3 of chapter 2 of the Confession. The next portion of paragraph 3, which deals with the Trinity, as I said, emphasizes the full and undiluted deity of each of the persons of the Trinity. It goes on to say, from what we looked at last time, of one substance, power, and eternity, each having the whole divine essence, yet the essence undivided. These words are intended to underscore the fact that the personal subsistences in the divine being are each fully God. The Father is God, the Son is God, the Spirit is God. They are God, furthermore, in the maximum meaning of that word. Each has the whole divine essence. This means that each person possesses all the attributes which describe that divine essence. Each is love, each is light, each is spirit, each is consuming fire, because each has the whole divine essence that is described in the Bible in these ways. The gay controversy over this was with Arianism. Jehovah's Witnesses are modern Arians who deny the full deity of Christ. They insist that Christ is only a small g God, a God. But the New Testament applies to Christ not only the name God many times, but It also speaks of him as Yahweh, applying to Christ Old Testament passages which speak of Yahweh, the one who calls himself, I am that I am. And Jesus himself, in the classic passage, applies Yahweh language to himself in John 8, 58, when he says, before Abraham was, I am. Now, these words also condemn what is called subordinationism. Subordinationism grew up in the early church under the influence of some forms of Platonism. It derived from the idea that the supreme being was so transcendent that in order to create or communicate with the finite world, an intermediate being was necessary. God had to be cut down to size, so to speak, to fit through the door into the finite world. The word or son of God was viewed as this intermediate being and thus necessarily a lesser form of God, or we might say, God deluded. Someone has once said, tongue-in-cheek, that he was only God-light. In response to this false view, the confession says that each person has the whole divine essence. Though the great controversy was over the deity of Christ in the early church, it followed from his full deity that the Spirit of God was also fully God. He was neither merely a spiritual force, nor was he a created being, He was a divine, eternal, and infinite being. Christians sometimes wonder if they should worship the Son of God and the Spirit of God. This is, I suppose, because worship is generally in the Bible given to the Father through the Son and in the Holy Spirit. Since, however, the Son and Spirit are God, they may be worshipped with the praise and prayers that may only be given to the infinite and divine being. We must also make sure that we entertain exalted and majestic views of the Son of God 
and the Spirit of God is fully and without delusion God. We may worship them without moderation or reduction. We may trust their power and grace without reluctance or fear. We must reject as unworthy of our Savior every doctrine which diminishes his true deity. He is not a lowercase g God. He is capital G-O-D, God. Thank you for listening to Confessing the Faith on the Man of God Network, brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. CBTS is a confessional Reformed Baptist seminary which provides affordable online theological education to help the church in its calling to train faithful men for the gospel ministry. To learn more about how you can partner with us in providing informed scholarship with Pastoral Heart, visit cbtseminary.org.